The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find. We were four years Welcome to Career Day on the Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to learn about the skills accumulated and lessons learned from a great SEO throughout the various stops on his career. Joining us for Career Day is a chess master turned SEO that works at a private equity company. Micah Fisher Kirshner is the director of content and SEO at Turn River Capital, which is a technology focused private equity fund specializing in spinouts, buyouts, recapitalization of growth equity investments in small-scale technology and web companies. And we're going to hear about how Micah started his career in SEO to working for a private equity fund. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash AWT. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash a w t okay here's our interview with micah fisher kirshner the director of content and seo at turn river capital micah welcome to the voices of search podcast thank you for having me here i'm excited to have you here and it's an honor and a pleasure to talk to a chess master i know that that is a little bit of a technical term you're a you're a great chess player talk to us a little bit about you know, how good at chess you are? And and are you actually a chess master or just a chess master? (laughs) Um, So from a technical standpoint, my rating system got up to being an expert level in chess. I've won pretty much back in the day with uh, Scholastic Chess. I took, oh gosh, four-time state Scholastic Chess Champion as well as two-time Bughouse National Chess Champion. So those are kind of the, the skill sets that are, what I've been able to accomplish. 
So I want to say you're our first national chess champion on the Voices of Search podcast. I feel like we finally arrived. Well, slight modification. It's bug house chess. It's a different variation upon regular chess. Just all, so you know. All the same to me. <laughs> uh, you're also uh, a wonderful SEO. Let's talk a little bit about your experience in SEO. Uh, how did you get started working in this career path? Yeah, uh, it was basically through my alumni network. So I come out of grad school from UCSD. It took me a little bit of time to find something because this was during uh, kind of a, a slow period around 2006, 2007. And it was actually through that network, the founder of the agency in San Francisco, uh, I had a connection with. And so through that, I had an interview and I actually got a choice when I did the interview at the, um, at the agency of whether or not I wanted to go into SEO or into paid search. So let's take a step back. What did you study in college? Uh, I, I focused in international uh, relations, both in undergrad and grad school, with a focus specifically around international economics, econometrics, as well as Chinese lit and language. So you had a little bit of an analytics background and also an understanding of language with some of your education. You network your way into working for an agency and you're given the option to pick between SEM and SEO. Why did you pick the O, not the M? <laughs> uh, I decided to go towards SEO because I felt uh, the paid side was too pure numeric driven. And what I liked about the SEO side was trying to combine kind of the qualitative factors with quantitative. Uh, the challenge of trying to actually figure out the black box uh, which kind of ties into a lot of economics and econometrics, taking a lot of qualitative aspects and trying to put numerics behind it was what really intrigued me as a potential career path for me towards SEO. So a little bit of the blend of the art and science, managing the, the quantitative and qualitative side of your brain. Mm -hmm. You started off working at an agency. Tell me about what you worked on. What was the experience like? Oh, this agency, uh, relatively small but had some really massive clients back in the day. We had uh, we had Adobe on the on the list, Pearson, um, University of Phoenix, University of Phoenix. Yeah, we had we had a number of them that were pretty big, and so I was able to learn quite a bit on how to do SEO, learning from really from a mad scientist who was kind of our head of SEO there, as we like to call him, and. The clients that we have were big, very large at size or scale or a lot of politics and trying to navigate really the waters there. And we had a lot of smart people. So I got to learn pretty quickly from some really good SEOs at that agency. So what were some of the things you were focused on? Were you technical, content, optimization? What, were, what was the area of focus? What did you learn? Um, for me... A lot of it at the start was a lot of on-site SEO, uh, link building. Back in the day, there were uh, more flexibility in that area. But my real kind of gem and focus was around the analytics side. And it just ties back into wanting to bring in more of the, the data and analytical mindedness with SEO and the fact that SEO didn't really have very many tools. And so at the agency, I actually really dove into uh, an expertise with Google Analytics when that was kind of still relatively new at the time. And so I put in a lot of time and effort into like dashboards, reporting, and how to tie multi-attribution for, for students signing up and how over time we can kind of look at see where that 
attribution really should be attributed and, and by potentially how much. So you start off learning about the qualitative side of SEO and eventually you move on from working at the agency to move in-house. Talk to me about what the transition was like going from an agency to in-house. What drove you to your next role? Um, kind of what drove me to my next role was I felt uh, the the agency side, which learned kind of a lot really fast, didn't allow me to really focus in towards one business. Um, it didn't allow me to look at kind of the cost optimization side of SEO, like trying to do things faster, trying to find better tools to make my job more efficient versus just a pure rank higher, rank better, rank, and move to the next client. So that kind of what drove me into in, in-house. I also wanted to work at an even larger scale, which is where moving into comparison shopping really pushed the boundaries of a massive site optimization. So tell me about what you were doing specifically at the next role. What was the company? What was the thing you liked about it? What uh, would you work on? Yeah. So I worked at a company that was called become.com. It was a comparison shopping engine out of the number of them. I was there pre-Panda and for a little bit post-Panda. The aspects of what I worked on was management of a large team of analysts, interns, uh, essentially the competitive side of it, content side, linking side of SEO. And while kind of managing that, working with the engineers to build projects that could help optimize the internal linking structure within the however many millions of pages that become.com had. One of the ways that that was done uh, from a testing platform was actually building our own internal SEO testing system. So we could actually make minor modifications to the site. We tested, for example, pagination when it first rolled out, seeing did actually this rel pagination work better than canonical tag? Was it actually an effective uh, approach, seeing that we could actually make this single change across the site? Uh, we did an, what was, well, we created what was called an ABN type of model, which uh, essentially means instead of pure test and control, we had a, a noise bucket. So we could make sure that the value win that we got out of it was actually a win and not just extra extra noise that maybe could you know still be within the bound of an error range. So that was kind of one of the things that was fun to create at, at the time. So it's it's interesting to hear that you started off with a very analytics focused experience and then you moved to another brand to basically work in more depth. And one of the things that you're doing is building out testing infrastructure to understand the real value that some of the optimization strategies you're implementing are taking. I'm interested to hear it, you know, over the next couple of years, you've gone from working at Become and making the transition to working at an in-house brand to a series of companies going from Balasam Brands to Zazzle to Zendesk, all in-house as an SEO. So as you've gone through these series of, you know, two to three year, one and a half to three year stints. What's the reason why you decided to move across these different companies? What are some of the things that you took with you and what did you learn at the various roles? Yeah. Um, and that's actually something that I usually keep a thought process on when it comes to factors that I think is 
want, either I want to learn or is missing when it comes to my career development. So when I went from become.com and over to the Balsam Brands, I wanted to ex- experience what it was like to do a little bit more outside of SEO. So rather than just a pure SEO mindset, I got to understand content side, social media, reputation management, do a bit more in analytics, and kind of broaden my organic sphere of marketing. And really, by doing so, I learned quite a bit more actually about how to do a better job in SEO beyond just a pure tactical level and see a broader picture of how SEO fits in with other departments. So you moved from being an SEO specialist to getting some broad marketing experience, which in the end, you go back to SEO and and doubled down, dedicated yourself to the craft. But you feel that the experience you had managing a marketing team more broadly helps you have a better understanding of how SEO works. Yeah, in the way I would put it as, as I was much more purely a tactical level SEO. And by going outside of SEO to learn more, I got to be better about thinking strategically with SEO. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of what I shifted around and then wanted to go try and use that back at scale at Zazzle. But during that time, what I had kind of realized is I had never really worked at a brand that was big and really, really was well-known and cared about their brand. And that's why kind of the shift from an e-com world to the B2B world. And that's where recognizing kind of like one of the weaknesses that I had at the time was how to handle a lot of the politics and work and strive to build an SEO program, get SEO through in a much larger company situation. And that's actually one of the reasons why I switched off from the e-com world of SEO and Zazzle over to Zendesk as, as a B2B SEO. So you get lots of consumer experience and you know, wrapping up with Zazzle where you're managing an e-commerce SEO platform and you decide you want a broader experience and you care very much about the brand. What was it about Zendesk as you were going through the interview process that made you feel like they cared about the brand in a different way? Whether it's Zendesk or whether it's just B2B brands in general, what did you feel about that experience that made you think it was the right move and that there was a difference in how the brand was treated? Well, I think the fact that they had a massive brand team. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just pure (laughs) headcount. No, I mean, it's just like they actually had a, a real brand team dedicated to that, how it would be perceived, how design structure. They like literally had lunch and learns de- to deal with how to properly build a on-brand Zendesk PowerPoint decks. That seems like an incredible waste of time. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> it actually really helped improve my, my PowerPoint skills. So that, that actually I found to be like... Uh, sure, PowerPoint, it. yes, very important. <laughs> Doing it, here's how you use the Zendesk template. It seems like a little bit of overkill. Uh, you know, it's... Think of it this way is like if you're standardizing at a large company how things are presented, you don't have to look all around to understand people's different styles and templates of what they're the point is trying to get across. Because a lot of time is spent in meetings trying to convince others about how to do something. Was it effective? I think so. I mean, I found it very helpful. I found it's one of the few I was personally very impressed with kind of what they were doing. So at this point you've had, you know, close to a 10 year, at least a 10 year mm-hmm. career experience as an SEO. And you come into Zendesk and they're 
not only teaching you about the brand, but also how to communicate internally. You've been around the block at that point. What were some of the things that you picked up from those classes? Um, I mean, I picked up, I would say, how to take the phrases I would use in an SEO and try to make it less... You know, we love an SEO to use jargon is the way I would put it. And I would... I took from those kind of classes, like trying to think in other terms outside of my world and how to translate over into theirs. And a lot of the classes kind of like talk about what are the phrases that the brand likes to use. And so trying to think through that same aspect within kind of this, what we say, the Zendesk case and use it in that way. And that took away of how to get some a point that I want to try to get across much more effective than it would be otherwise in my in kind of the usual day-to-day aspect of just talking through us. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Okay, so you're, you're basically learning how to speak. And it seems like there's a common thread here of you wanting to learn to communicate outside of the way that SEOs sort of traditionally think and talks amongst themselves. Where as you went from become to the next company, you wanted to learn about how marketers think and communicate to become a better SEO and eventually go back in-house. And then you go from B to B to B to C and you work in this company that has a really defined brand. And some of the big takeaways were how to communicate to non-SEOs about SEO. Having gone through this experience, do you think that there are lessons that other SEOs can take away for how they communicate with each other and how that's different than how they should communicate with you know, the non-in crowd? Yeah, I I definitely think that communication barriers is probably one of the larger issues oftentimes I'd say we SEOs can have in getting our projects or our points across. We can get very excited about our area, very technical driven in our speech. And the aspect of that can get lost upon others that aren't as well versed. And sometimes that internal bias that we have of how well-versed we are in our field and how much that can then be used across uh, so many different areas and who we are dealing with, uh, be it an engineer, product manager, 
brand team, user experience, et cetera, the terminologies differ quite dramatically. And so that the way I would kind of just, you know, would say the, the things to learn is, is understanding that you're, you're going to be not always understood or you might come off in ways that become misunderstood. And so if the, the clearer you can make it to them, the more you're using common language or even better, their jargon, the easier it's going to be to get what you're trying to get across and have a better discussion about what can or cannot be done because of that. I think what makes a great SEO is the ability to consume and understand really complex information, right? The the best SEOs have read and understand Google's Webmaster Tool Guides, right? Like all of the information that you have to get through and you have to stay on top of a constantly changing medium. And with that comes this incredible amount of information that you're able to store. And it's very technical for the most part. And communicating that to somebody who is outside of the field can be very complicated and very difficult. You know, when you throw out the EAT and YMYL acronyms, like people outside of the SEO community think eating is putting food in your mouth and don't realize (laughs) that it has a different context for the SEO community. And obviously I'm using a little bit of a jokey metaphor here, but I didn't, before working on this podcast and working with Jordan and working with search metrics, didn't know what YMYL was and why would I, right? I am not a search engine optimization expert. That's what the rest of the search metrics team is for. As you've moved on in your career and you've gone from working at technologies to working for a private equity firm, I imagine that there are fewer people that not only speak tech, but speak SEO. Talk to me about what your current role is and how you made that transition and, and if you faced any sort of communication challenges working in your current role. Yeah. Um, so the way to kind of usually talk about uh, what I do as an SEO in a private equity firm is it's really kind of a middle ground between being in-house and in an agency. I kind of explain it as most private equities, if you dumb it down as increased price, cut costs, we have a third option, which is improve the marketing optimization side or marketing and sales optimization. And so my role is as a as the agency that owns the company in some ways. And so we work to, as a partner with them, saying, okay, this company that we have has a marketer. And usually they're at a size where they're literally the only marketer. We come in and we have a team, an SEO, a paid person, a salesperson, a CS person, and say, you now have a whole slew of people who work for you to help provide the ideas of what to do. And you can go and help get that implemented for the business. And we're all aligned. And so the communication side is actually a lot easier. The process is comparatively easier because of a couple of factors from my perspective. Uh, One is, as you said, most of them don't, aren't as well-versed in SEO and don't really have a preconceived bias about SEO. Whereas in other places, people might already have that and you have to kind of retrain them, which I find is often harder than somebody who has no training. And because everything is aligned and they've never had people to help them before, oftentimes the companies work for are very grateful. Uh, and that's kind of how we choose. We look for companies that have that deficiency. And so being able to improve upon it, we can really work to improve those businesses 
through a lot of the work that we do. And for my area specifically with SEO, giving them a set of recommendations, things that need to work on, prioritize, training them up about why it is what it is, talking to them at a much more common level, and being there to help them at any step of the way as needed. And the fact being is that within the Turn River side, in the private equity, we are, we are generally aligned along all the same goals. So there's no real competing interest of, okay, his stuff got done first, it's going to be done first before mine. And that doesn't mean really in the end that I'm going to suffer because as a group, there's one metric that we're generally going after. And as long as that metric goes, we're good. It's an interesting role for an SEO. And it's one of the things that caught my eye that when I think of private equity and investments, I didn't necessarily think of, well, what is an SEO going to do for a private equity firm? And essentially, you are the in-house agency. You're also the in-house marketer for all of the portfolio brands. And so you get to you know, manage and, and operate like an in-house employee at all of these different brands, but you get to work on multiple different projects. It sounds like a fascinating role. Um, it also sounds like it's an incredible amount of work. <laughs> How are you able to manage multiple different brands and serve as the in-house marketer when, you know, that can be a full-time role working, doing SEO for one company at a time? Yeah. So that's where commonalities of the businesses, we focus specifically, say, on B2B SaaS and finding themes that can be repeated uh, across them is generally what I try to find and and work on. So in terms of, you know, sometimes um, there's a view that there isn't repeatable processes with SEO, that one thing that you do in one area for one business doesn't equate the same in another. And that's not quite correct. It may be the case across different areas. Different across different industries. But if you're working on all e-commerce companies, there's a lot of similarities. Exactly. And so the amount of workload or how that comes off is a lot less because you're doing a lot of the same things. And it doesn't mean, you know, not trying to find new stuff and create new, new as we call it, IP, um, or really best practices. It's just that there's a setting starting point of we work on this first. I've analyzed the site, same type of kind of SEO audits. There are technical differences, sure. But as long as I can find things to scale my work, not scale the business, but scale the areas of what I can do and do a quick repeat of the same thing, the more that I can work on and the stress level and the amount of time spent for that is less as a result. It sounds like when you make one optimization on one site and you see it works, you have the ability to roll it across to all of the other portfolio companies. And so you're able to leverage the same win multiple times. Yeah, and actually vice versa. Sometimes the ideas that come from their end, if we find that it works, we'll use it then across uh, the rest of our portfolio as well. So you've gone from being an agency in-house on B2C side, B2B side, and now kind of a hybrid agency type in-house role. I mean, it's a unique role. What advice do you have for some younger SEOs about picking between the various types of companies, organizations? You know, should they go B2B, B2C, in-house, outhouse, agency, agency? What's the what's the right way to find the right fit for you? Um, I mean, I've and I can't say that works in today's world, but at least when I started, I always have felt that the agency world is a great way to learn fast 
but it's also a, a much more demanding job at the start. You know, you're putting in more hours or you're potentially at more risk to burn yourself out at an agency, but you learn a lot faster than you would at in an in-house role. Now you can go more in depth. You can learn a lot more of the uh, social skills and how to handle things with SEO in-house. But from like a technical standpoint and really getting into your SEO, I've personally usually found like the agency side is way faster and, and personally I think is a better starting point unless you've got an amazing team uh, in an in-house role. And, and unless that is there, I, it would be kind of hard, you know, hard for me to say you know, one way or the other. I do think there's a value of, of say, if you, you're starting in an in-house SEO role with a large team, that you can probably learn a good amount there too. But if you're like a single in-house role, it's a lot harder to learn as fast as, say, agency side, in my opinion. And that's so that's kind of my way of how I would say go that way first. Yeah, I think that you can have a valuable experience working in-house and at an agency. And what I've found from doing this career day interviews is that a lot of people appreciate having the experience working in-house and working at an agency to be able to contrast and compare what's right for them. Some people like the volatility and the constantly changing challenges of working at an agency. And some people like to be able to go deep working for a single brand and the security of working in-house. And it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. I think you've had some really interesting experience. And I think it's interesting how you've been able to find a role where you are essentially doing both. You have the security of an in-house brand, but also <laughs> volatility and, and something different every day because you're managing multiple different clients for the private equity firm. Yeah, I got I got uh, lucky on that. And there's very, very few of us. It's always fun to kind of run into someone who's in that space and chat with them uh, about those types of things. Michael, last thing I, I want to bring up, I, I understand that you're the president of a, a community of search experts. Tell us a little bit about outside of your career, what's the organization that you're uh, the president of? Yeah, so I'm president of BayAreaSearch.org. And it's an SEO meetup association primarily based in San Francisco and started about a year and a half to two years ago. We host meetups every other month at different companies uh, around the San Francisco area. And our next one's coming up. We're going to be at Macy's August 15th. We'll, I'll probably be sending that out actually tonight. So it's just been kind of a fun little thing. We get between 50 to 75 SEOs that show up every time we host these. Great. So if you're interested and you're in San Francisco, meeting up with Micah and some other great SEOs, Micah, how can uh, people find the uh, the group that you're involved with? Uh, you can go to bayareasearch.org. We usually host, uh, have the thing up when it comes within about a month's time before the event. Otherwise, you can join our meetup group or sign up to our email list, which is also on the bayareasearch.org site. Bayareasearch.org. Okay. Well, Mike, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you telling us about your experience. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Micah fisher Kirshner, the Director of Content and SEO at Turn River Capital. If you'd like to learn more about Micah, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet. His handle is MicahFKMICAHFK, or by visiting his company's website, which is turnriver.com.
And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have general marketing questions or if you'd like to talk about this podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed next week. Lastly, if you've enjoyed this show and you're feeling generous, we'd love for you to leave us a review in the Apple iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 